0: I found found my my top uh, article of the week. Lawyer's pants burst into flames as he defends arsonist. It was because he had
1: a vape pen in his pocket. (laughs) You know who's really into vaping is uh, Grover Norquist. Did you you guys know that? Grover Norquist is a big asshole.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, welcome to Sanity Check, a podcast devoted to staying informed and sane in the time of Trump. I'm Ben, and I'm joined today by Mike and Andrew. We're recording on the evening of Thursday, March 9th. Today is day 49 of The Resistance, and if you enjoy what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes, at the Google Play Store, or at our website, sanitycheckpod.com. So, um, Andrew, you want to start us off and uh, and tell us about your, your favorite and
0: least favorite things that happened uh, over the last week? Um I think it's been my f- one of my favorite things how difficult it's been getting anywhere with the uh, healthcare replacement, although I guess there's been some movement there in in today um, but um, people are standing up where they need to stand up, even people we don't necessarily expect to so i I appreciate that um, and I guess I'll mention the CIA leaks on WikiLeaks which is sort of interesting, too. And I, I'm not totally sure how I feel about but, um So the CIA stuff, that's a, a favorite thing or a least favorite thing? I think I'm just interested in... The, both of these things are, are things. <laughs> okay. So right away, we're... These are my two things. So we <laughs> We've already ruined Andrew everything. Andrew rejects
1: <laughs> the idea of binary ethics. Uh, <laughs> 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 um. For me, the best thing is I'm excited about the new Zelda game, Breath of the Wild. Uh, it's getting good reviews, and I'm excited to enjoy that. Um, Link has his own iPhone in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then my least favorite... I think for me the least favorite was the Scott Pruitt saying that CO2 doesn't cause climate change because just as uh really blunt like metric of what a setback we've suffered. Okay, and keeping it brief. So that's all.
2: Yeah. Um let's see. I would say that my least favorite thing that happened this week was learning more about how dire the situation in North Korea is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was I really didn't enjoy that very much. The my most favorite thing, which is sort of to piggyback on Andrews a bit, although my take on it is a little bit different, is the gross incompetence that the Republicans have displayed in trying to roll out their uh, health care plan. I've gotten kind of a kick out of that. So, um, uh, yeah, I think I would say that. That was probably my favorite thing. So um, we've got a bunch of uh, meaty topics to get into. Um, we should hit the AHCA the a- H- C- let's let's do it. it um you know after after eight years of um of pandering and dog whistling and bitching and being huge assholes the Republicans have finally gotten their chance to uh get rid of the worst legislation that has ever been created Obama Quote, Care. Unquote. um and and they really came up with a real winner. <laughs> boy, oh boy! Mm-hmm. Who is? Well, can we start off by just saying who actually likes this plan? Nobody. Well, I think Paul Ryan kind of does, since yeah. he—I think he wrote it more or less. But is there anyone else who actually likes it?
0: Uh, not that I've heard.
1: I want to. I'm trying to look up. So I want to like go through a quick so this is the american health care act which the republicans in the house of representatives have proposed and which has already been approved out of two committees can i take a second and do a little context i mean because you mentioned eight years ever since we passed the the affordable care act which came to be known as obamacare republicans have put themselves in a position of of hating it and saying this must be repealed it's a disaster it's a nightmare. Trump said this all the time during his campaign. And so now that they're in charge, they have to actually do something. And theoretically, they've had all these years to think about how they would handle repealing the Affordable Care Act and what they would replace it with. And the thing they propose to replace it is is a real mess. Um, Even just from the point of view of what the law contains, 10% of the entire page count of the law Pertains to kicking people who win the lottery off of Medicaid, which you know, yeah. as a policy idea, sure, that's a policy yeah. idea that seems worth discussing. But it doesn't seem like it's ten percent of the na- the nation's healthcare policy is, is should be oriented in in. On
0: well, who like could that. have predicted that that healthcare was so complicated?
1: Well, that that's something. The you're, that's a Trump quote. You should find that Trump quote. I think that's a good quote did was that
2: not it? Well, and and you have to remember that even with that that disproportionate amount of time spent towards um towards screwing over lottery winners. Yeah. Um that their bill is really much smaller than the Affordable Care Act as we got to witness during the White House press briefing. Yeah,
1: that's another but so I want to make sure, I'm trying to like keep us on a through line cuz like there's so many quick hits on this, but the plan they proposed, the in actual, they have this problem. They have several problems. One of the problems is they have to use budget reconciliation to pass this bill. And that's procedural because of the Senate filibuster. So they can only do money parts of it. And the ACA includes a whole bunch of elements that have nothing to do with money. And that are untouchable. And then the other problem they face is that a lot of the ACA is quite popular, such as no pre-existing conditions. And that's a particularly popular one. And so they're in this real bind. And so um,
2: I think it's been interesting in that regard that for the first time in really in memory, you hear Republicans referring to Obamacare as the Affordable Care Act. Um, Not infrequently. And particularly when they talk about these popular provisions like no no existing uh, preconditions and can be discriminated against in age 26 on your parents' health insurance and whatnot. I think that they realize that they've made the term Obamacare so toxic that when they talk about the parts that they know that their constituents like, they don't want to remind them in any way that that was had its genesis and something that president Obama
0: did. um, Which is sort of the thing they were afraid of all along, which is that, I mean, because what they really want is to get rid of all of it, but, uh, but they've fallen into the trap where people like having it now.
1: I disagree Um, with that. I'm not sure I think they ever wanted to get rid of it. I think what they Uh, wanted to do was be able to oppose it, but have it continue existing and not have that be their fault.
2: Yeah, I agree. Look, I think they really used it as a marketing
1: Oh, technique. completely. I, I think the thing is, Obamacare, lest we forget, is a Republican plan. It's based on a Heritage Foundation plan, and the plan that Mitt Romney introduced in Massachusetts when he was governor. So, to you know, to the extent that there are, like, left and right solutions to the problem of providing health care to all the citizens, this is the right-wing solution. Right, because it... it, it Contained fairly limited
2: expansion of federal government funding of healthcare. I mean, there is there was obviously an actual expansion uh, through the Medicaid expansion and uh, funding for subsidies, but it's it was not close to a single payer system or sure. e- or even a um, a federal
0: uh, government run option. But isn't, and I mean, I, I'm of course it's not close to being a single payer system in terms of federal over. Site, but but it, it still feels like it would fall to me under the, the like, federal regulations. And why is the federal government getting involved in these things when business should take care of it? Sort of, talking point.
1: You're saying that, like that that conservative
0: like healthcare at all.
1: Well, yeah, and I think that's the problem. So yeah, to the in that sense, what you said earlier, I think is is right on. Where the left has. Won that argument people people now buy that the government should be in the business of guaranteeing yeah. that everybody has health care yeah and, and that it
0: sort of works and, and well i mean we've got the republicans
1: yeah. signing on to that which means that fight's over because but i think that which,
2: which of course really proves the basic point that market principles don't at least in my opinion have any real place in the healthcare
1: market well, that's the single payer argument, right? Where or, or the nationalized health system argument, which I remember from back when we were when the ACA was coming into effect. But but regardless of all of that, this American Healthcare Act is trying to solve. It's trying to solve what someone earlier you called it a marketing problem, which is they've convinced everybody that the ACA is this horrible disaster that's going to kill everybody, and people believed them, and so now they're and in this lit- literally.
2: Literally every Republican politician since 2009, when the ACA went into effect, has run on the premise of working to repeal Obamacare. Yeah. I mean, you know, death panels. Which do not exist, just for the record. Which do not exist, just for the record. Um, I mean, I I think that one of the most... uh, salient points about the american healthcare act is that there's it has almost nothing to do with healthcare uh largely for with uh, it being um, a reconciliation uh process but it it it's basically a huge tax cut in the guise of healthcare reform with very little actual healthcare reform
1: so let me break down i i've got a bulleted list here of of the what the changes are of the american healthcare All right, act let's get the biggies so under Obamacare there was the individual mandate, the the hated individual mandate which required every person to have health insurance or pay a penalty. Under the American Health Care Act there is no individual mandate. Insurers can impose a 30% surcharge on consumers with a lapse in coverage of 2 months or greater. So that's they're calling that their continuous coverage incentive. Um because it it solves this problem of if insurance companies are not allowed to say no to people on the basis of pre-existing conditions, then in theory everyone could just wait until they got sick and then buy health insurance at that time. and Particularly young, healthy people. Yeah, and insurance companies don't want people to do this, so you need something, you need a continuous coverage incentive. And so the change there is you used to pay that mandate penalty, used to pay that penalty to the federal government, and now you would pay it to the insurance company. So they're you know they're able to so it's not a tax well i mean <laughs> they've always said they're going to get rid of the individual mandate and they don't call this an individual mandate but it's a similar penalty for not having insurance so i don't really see
2: and it's also far less effective oh yeah well
1: exactly um yeah.
2: Because you'll still have young, healthy people not purchase insurance and then wait to get sick. So, so under I'm the...
0: Sure. That, that 30% bump is is nothing compared to, like, a few years of not having health care.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, under the ACA, there were income-based subsidies to help people afford health insurance. Under... There still are, by we have not repealed... No, yeah. The ACA is the still ACA the law right, right, right now. Yeah. Under the proposed American Health Care Act, there are age-based refundable tax credits and so it's a strange decision they've made where they've provided older people across the board whatever their income is with a larger subsidy and younger people no matter what their income is with a lower subsidy well there that's not entirely true there are some caps
2: on yeah. on income where you know if you make more than like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, then your subsidies start to go down. And if you make enough, but the then, net effect
1: is that the net effect is to shift support away from poorer people towards richer people. Right now, their claim to the is that baseline.
2: their claim is that older people are sicker and so they need
1: more help,
0: which is tends but, to and on be average. Great. That's true,
1: but ju- but just wait. Because another change that the American Health Care Act makes is that under the ACA, the Obamacare, the existing law, insurers can charge older customers up to three times as much as younger customers. But under the American Health Care Act, insurers can charge older customers up to five times as much as younger customers. So it's like, hey, old people, don't get too excited about your increased subsidies based on your age because you're also just going to get nailed by much higher costs. Well and let's be let's be clear with, with some exceptions,
2: the refundable tax credit that people will receive will be significantly lower than the subsidies that they would receive under obama yeah
1: a- absolutely um and
2: every reasonable analysis has suggested that the premiums and deductibles on the plans that people will be paying will be significantly higher than uh, under Obamacare. So, you know, the math is not very difficult to do. There. Uh,
1: most of the analysis I've seen suggests that there's a strong possibility the American Health Care Act, if passed in its current form, would obliterate the individual insurance market altogether because it, insurance companies, since they would have to cover anybody who wanted to buy insurance, but since the continuous coverage incentive is weakened, it would just make sense for them to stop o- offering such plans altogether.
2: I mean, which is something that we were starting to we're starting to see that happen already. Yeah, that's the death um, spiral. Although it's 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 a fake death spiral at the moment. Yes, it's 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 mostly profit driven, and um, because the Republicans took the teeth out of the regulations, which would not have allowed insurance companies to do
1: things. Yeah, I guess what I mean that the one of the fears that is always stalking any healthcare effort like this is of a death spiral. Where only sick people buy insurance, which causes insurance companies to raise the premiums, which causes sick people not to be able to afford the insurance, and then nobody has, nobody's buying the insurance. Well,
2: th- th- this gets back to what I was saying about how uh, the free market doesn't have any place in healthcare insurance. Is that you know the the whole principle of private insurance is based on the idea that insurance companies only have to pay out a certain number of claims and those those claims will add up to a certain amount and that amount will be less than the amount that they're able to take in in premiums from the people who do not submit claims and that probably works when it comes to car insurance or housing insurance you know for the most part i don't know what the profit margins are but uh, those companies seem to do okay um but when it comes to people getting sick, particularly as we live longer, uh, it just breaks down completely, and it breaks down even faster when you have a smaller percentage of the healthy young people who are not going to be a big burden on the system not participating.
1: For me, that gets back to, you know, during the time of in- implementing Obamacare the first time... There are a lot of discussions about how how we should do that. And I kept thinking, there's countries who have solved this problem. There's all kinds of different ways to solve this problem. I wouldn't say that any country
2: has completely solved the problem. I guess
1: there are approaches that have had more and less success in yes. improving the health of everybody and, and controlling costs. And the way we used to do it was like the worst approach of all of the like <laughs> most expensive, <laughs> worst outcomes. So... Um, and... And by almost every measure,
2: our system has improved under Obamacare. Well, and
1: what we ended up doing is the sort of business-friendly one, like I was saying earlier, the right-wing one. But I I believe this is similar to the way Switzerland does it. I mean, this is a way that can work. Well, and I think it was viewed in, you know,
2: uh, democratic governments have tried to, Pass healthcare reform of one form or another mm-hmm. for a very long time. Yeah, um, you know, and, and there had not really been any success since the implementation of Medicare and Medicaid uh, until until Obamacare. And so, while we certainly would prefer a government-only system, single payer system, or at least at the very least a a full public option, I think the idea that this was a large improvement on what we had, and that it could demonstrate to the American people that the federal government could have a really positive role in healthcare insurance management, which would allow it to be a stepping stone to something better, an incremental approach, uh, it is a valid concept. I mean... And I, I think the popularity of the, the pre-existing conditions and age 26 and so on bears that out to a certain degree
1: the way it was before was so bad i don't there's nobody who wants to go back to that except the house freedom caucus um who don't like the american health care act because it's too generous (laughs) like this terrible bill that paul ryan's trying to get people to sign on to they're like this is just obamacare light people should be dying in the streets like god intended um i do want to touch on a couple more features of the american health care act Alright uh, hear him. Uh so Medicaid, one of the big features of the uh of Obamacare, the current law was that we prov- provide a generous matching federal funds to anyone who qualified for Medicaid. Uh under the American Health Care Act, federal funds would be granted to states on a per capita basis. And uh I haven't as block grants. Yeah, th- which that's just an effort to cut Medicaid and trying to call it something different. Uh, well, for one thing, the amount
2: of the block grants would not increase in size right. at the same rate as the costs of Medicaid at the state level. Yeah, it's
1: an effort. It's a backdoor Medicaid cut,
2: and and they they straight up are trying. They're going to eliminate the Medicaid expansion with some
1: grandfathered
2: patients. Yeah, by around. Well, and one plus, to one. putting
1: anything one under one. states means that you're at the mercy of your state. So if you're in a state with republican control anyway um, and then of course there's the reliance on health savings account it wouldn't be a republican health care plan without reliance on health savings accounts Um, they increase the limit of what you're allowed to put into a tax free savings account from what was allowed under the American the uh, affordable care act and um, And health savings accounts are great if you're rich well this is of course that's what I'm saying republican plans uh, all republican laws are basically if you're rich everything just got even better for you. And then someone's like, what about poor people? And they're like, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Like that's
0: Republican legislation. And poor people is like by these definitions. It's like if you make under $500,000 a year. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, you don't have to be that. But, I mean, health is
0: expensive. No, I mean we, health And, and the, counts, like the median yeah. median household household uh in America is $55,000. Like, where are these people coming up with six or seven thousand dollars to put into a health savings account they're, every year?
1: <laughs> Spoilers,
0: and, and they're, they're not. not. <laughs> and considering that you know
2: you can only use the money in a health savings account on healthcare costs, yeah, you know you you really have to prioritize that behind all other forms of saving.
1: It's a crazy yeah. model of how to cover c- catastrophic health problems. Be- it's it's anyway. I don't want to go into it for too long, but I mean. If you Let's say you got cancer and you needed $50,000. If you had $50,000 in your health savings account, that's a crazy plan unless you're going to get cancer because, Ben, of what you're saying, that you shouldn't be putting all that money into uh, an account for which you can only use to cover healthcare expenses. So, I mean, financially, and you're expecting people right, to right. do all of this legwork to put their financial... Sit- you know, it's like personal responsibility, a.k.a. you have become a part-time uh, accountant. Not,
2: and- most Americans probably don't even know what a health
1: savings account is. No, and as some, we've already touched on, know they don't is. have enough disposable income for it to yeah. be a, re- a relevant question anyway. So, well,
2: And you, you bring up this hypothetical situation of getting cancer, which brings up an important point. That one of the most outstanding features of the Affordable Care Act, which uh, the AHCA would completely eliminate, is the lifetime cap on how much uh, benefit... Uh, uh or it put it, it reinstates the cap the, well, the,
1: that's not what I that's what this it, list says so maybe I should
2: it allows insurance companies to cap the amount that they pay out um lifetime and benefits so if you say you get cancer and you need to go on chemotherapy which is extremely expensive but you could super fun reach a, but super fun yes you could eventually reach an amount that would be higher than the insurance company is obligated to pay for, and they could say, sorry, see ya. And that's the way it was before Obamacare. Um, That is currently illegal, and under the AHCA, it would go back to being legal, which is just ethically horrible.
1: I'm not 100% sure that that's right. We will check. We're going to
2: fact check in real time.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm looking to... We're from the reality-based community here on the Sanity Check podcast. We are, but anyway, there's one other thing I, we have to we have to. So um, we're 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 leaving out the part, the whole motivator for all of this, which is that the Affordable Care Act instituted a set of taxes to cover the costs of the program, and among these were there was a tax on investment income. There was a tax on individuals with incomes higher than $200,000 or families with incomes higher than $250,000. And in the Affordable Health Care Act, guys, do you want to guess what the Republican plan does to those taxes? They raised them, right? That's be- Okay, Andrew, what's your guess?
0: <laughs> I, uh, ben seems like a smart guy. I'm going with raised.
1: Well, anybody who's been paying attention for the last couple <laughs> decades will know that it includes the repeal of both taxes, which is the whole point of the entire thing all along, is they want to repeal these taxes. So, makes me wonder how they're going to pay for it, but...
2: Well, luckily we don't have that problem, because they've pushed it out of mm-hmm. committee and towards a, a floor vote without getting the analysis without of how much CBO it would score. cost from Although the Congressional Budget Office. Although you're not, not supposed
1: office. to be able to push things through reconciliation without scoring that shows they're uh, budget neutral... Well I don't think they have to be completely
2: neutral. I think that uh they cannot lose a billion dollars over 10 years or more.
1: Gosh, I wish that could be a rule for about my life.
2: Yeah. Um but I mean it it was it, and the, it's kind of hilarious because when Obamacare was being discussed at great length, it took about 14 months from uh the time it was first talked about before it was signed into law. The Republicans complained that it was pushed through in smoky back rooms. Um, we literally have a situation here where the not even Rand House Paul could get into the smoky right. room. Right. Not even the, the Republican senators could get into the back well, the room. The House Ways and
1: Means Committee voted this out of committee at 430 a.m.
2: Right. At 430 a.m. And they want to pass this in a matter of days yeah. when you know previously we had a, a vigorous debate uh, and
1: oh my God, markup it was like of a... the
2: bill and and so on for fourteen months, and that was with the Democrats controlling both houses of Congress and with a Democratic president. Well,
1: yeah, and that's so what happens so, when I mean, you the... actually want to pass a good law, and particularly if yep. you're Barack Obama and you're obsessed with bipartisanship and you're trying to get you're trying to you're like Olympia Snow. What do, what am I, what's it going to take? I'll do anything.
2: <laughs> well, I. That's, that's the more most cynical way of looking at it, and I would argue that he's also a responsible adult and wanted to do things in a, the proper manner.
1: Tomato, tomato. Um, I looked this up. So, as far as I can tell, the American Health Care Act proposed recently by the Republicans continues to include the ban on annual and lifetime limits. I, I also so see that. I think, from, from a, I think that one... Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I'm
2: going to have to figure out where I... Came up with this. Still,
1: a, still a real disaster. But so, um, those are the sort of the facts of the, the situation. But Andrew, what you referred to earlier, and Ben, you also referred to, I think, is the rollout of this law has not gone smoothly.
2: I, I would say that's an understatement.
1: And I have my own theory about that, which is that I don't actually think they want to pass this law. Particularly, in but the, I wonder what you guys. Andrew, I mean, you mentioned this is in your in the opening, so I wonder what you think about all
0: this. Sorry, I tuned out for a second. Give me the the one second version. You <laughs> oh, I
1: out. was just that you mentioned in your in your opening uh, comments about the way the Health Care Act was meeting a lot more resistance than one
0: might have expected. Didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I think you've you've summed up the. The extent, the extent of my feelings about it, which is that that not only have the Democrats been... Uh, but so why is that know, heartening? Predictib- predictably and excellently... Um, well, it's heartening because I don't like the provisions in the new bill. Um, and I am enjoying that, um, even given control of the White House and both houses of Congress... Um, the Republicans, who are usually under Obama were able to move pretty solidly as a block, have actually been forced to confront that people like the provisions in the current um, in the current bill the existing ACA I think to andrew 's point
2: it, it has exposed some fractures in the Republican coalition I mean we have the the House freedom caucus which are they're such horrible human beings that this is not nearly a conservative enough. Plan for them. Um, on the flip side, you have senators in the um, in the GOP caucus who come from states which have successfully implemented the Medicaid expansion, and so you know they recognize that uh, both because of reality and also because of their own interests, repealing essentially the Medicaid expansion is not, it's, not, it's neither a good thing nor is it good politics f- for their future electoral prospects. Um, and then you have, I guess, Paul Ryan somewhere in the middle and it's a little hard to tell exactly what the White House thinks of the plan.
1: Well, I think earlier... I, to me, I think you nailed why this is all happening earlier when you mentioned the marketing angle on it where I, they were much more comfortable... In the minority, when they could rally their base around all the any bad piece of healthcare news anywhere in the country could be turned into a, you know, an oh look here it is Obamacare ruining everything again like vote Republican in November, and, and, whereas now they're actually in a position of being able to do things and in fact being.
0: Expected well, to right? Do. They've gotten. They, they have right. to actually govern, right? That. All
1: their all the people who voted for them are like, finally, we'll be free of the yoke of Obamacare. And the problem is that there there are a couple of ways you can solve the problem of trying to provide health care to all your citizens. And Obamacare is one. The American health care Act is not one. It, it just it won't work. And. Well, as said, as said, there really is no health
2: reform there it's just no. a big freaking tax yeah, and cut and
1: people will die and people don't like it when people die so you know there's there's electoral consequences when somebody has health insurance and you take it away people really react and, negatively to that and so the Republicans have, are in this marketing situation where they are it's incumbent on them to do something but there's no move for them that doesn't either make things worse or is unsupportable by the right flank of their, you know, of who they are, right? Because there, they could improve Obamacare. That's what's so funny. If they were, wanted to, if they wanted everyone to love them, they could just increase the subsidies. You know, there's a ton of things they could do that would actually make people's lives better. But the House Freedom Caucus would never let them do those things.
2: Almost all of those things would involve Increased regulation, or more or
1: money a... from rich people, yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or the you could actually do the real solution, which is single payer, um, but that's a lot more regulation. It is, and money. but it's at, well, it's actually not more money. Once you don't have to have profit margins for health insurance companies, you can actually make it cheaper. Well, it's a lot more money expended by the federal government, yes, but the a lot theory. less money overall. But anyway, yes. I mean. I I already had to go through the process of realizing we're never going to get single payer in this country, and moving on from that. Even well, though it's the correct answer, sometimes you're not allowed to do the correct answer. I'm,
2: I'm not ready to to give up on on that entirely.
1: Clearly, you've never seen a insurance health insurance company lobbying effort.
2: Well, what that you that actually is interesting. I mean, we're, we're not the health insurance companies actually have been pretty quiet about the. Yeah, well, I bet I know... Uh,
1: Publicly. I mean, if you're them, you're in a bad situation. I'm pretty sure they don't want this, because I don't think they want to have their markets completely thrown into chaos again. You know, the ACA was already something it took them many years to plan for and and deal with. But, they don't want to irritate the Republicans, who now control all the branches of government. Conversely...
2: Pretty much every hospital, medical group, um, uh, lobbying groups that that lobby on behalf of the elderly um, and so on e- have, in lockstep, come out against the
1: ACA. Well, that makes total sense because there, there, there's at least two strong motivators there. The ACA's generous subsidies go to those groups. You know, doctors and hospitals get that money, and and they tend to care about. Providing medical care to people so people don't die, and yeah. the ACA helps them do that. Just as the ethical and the financial motivations are aligned for them. the The director of Medicaid
2: came Who out yesterday. Shortly
1: will lose his job, I assume.
2: That is that is probably true, but it, it that took um, significantly more political courage. Than well, he the, just Republicans. He
1: wrote a letter where he said, "I disagree with this," even though he's part of the executive branch of the government right now yep speaking of the executive branch I did find that quote from Trump about um, about (laughs) about how hard it is yeah only now so Trump this is Trump uh, speaking about the American Health Care Act I think we're going to have a tremendous success it's a complicated process but actually it's very simple it's called good health care (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, if that doesn't reassure you, I don't I don't know what you're looking for. Well,
2: I mean, it's...
1: I mean, it's called good health care, guys. What's the problem? I mean, it, it,
2: what effect do you guys think that this will have on Trump voters who listen to Trump say that... He was going to actually increase coverage so that everyone was going to be covered. They were going to all have great access to plans and doctors. everything was going to be cheaper, and there were going to be you know unicorns and rainbows um, and instead, if this monstrosity gets passed, their premiums would go up, and their deductibles might be so high and their copay is so high that they wouldn't even be able to go in even if they had coverage um, what what effect do you think that is going to have on
0: on on trump people who have been supportive of trump up till now i'm gonna guess none um i think this one not all of these issues but i think this one falls into the category of all politicians promise this every time and it never happens um, and this and it'll be you know it's complicated we tried a thing we tried really hard uh I, And I don't think it's going to reflect on him particularly.
1: I concur in part and dissent in part from from that answer. I think right now, I don't think this is having any effect on any of those people. Because I think what will have an effect... It's sort of the proof is in the pudding. I think when people start to not be able to get health coverage that they used to be able to get, or when people try to go to the doctor and it's much more expensive, or... You know, things like that. When it has a real impact in their lives, I think that's when they'll notice. And and I don't think that's true just for Trump voters. I think that's most people. Um, I don't think it can be stated
2: enough that if this bill were to pass, people would die. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so... A lot of people. I think... So, hypothetically, if this bill passes... I agree, and I think it would make a lot of people's lives worse. And so at that point in time, they would become, they would have a negative reaction to that. And Andrew, I think that's when, that's where we get into the, what you were talking about. I think then it would be a challenge. Where do
0: they place the blame? Well, it would be a
1: challenge to make clear what had happened. Because I'm pretty sure you're right that the Republican talking point would be, you know, look, we tried our best to fix it. But Obamacare was We could get rid of
0: all of Obamacare, and...
1: That even with our... He
0: actually came out... I I saw my feed was feeding me an article that Trump said to conservatives he would blame any failure on the Democrats.
1: Yeah, yeah, which of course they will. Um, And in fact, Trump as president is in a fantastic position to really mess with how the ACA works, even if it stays in place, right? He has tremendous authority to dick around with you know the regulations and the rules and the way it's deployed and all that to make it work less well so it's entirely possible or i would say it's it's a it's a guarantee that they're going to blame anything that goes wrong on the democrats and the challenge then is going to just be to make very clear what happened and to be like look and as of the end of barack obama being president here was the situation and then Trump became president, and then they did these things, and then all this started happening. You know, and I think it will be a challenge because I think that Trump voters and Republican voters are are primed to believe that it's all Democrats' fault. I suspect, honestly, that most of them will come away thinking that, no matter what we do. But nevertheless, that's
0: where I'm. Going it's from,
1: still. I, I don't think that. I don't think all is lost on that front. Because I think well, it, it will be possible it, from, to make it very clear just by, like, with time, a, you know, with a timeline. I mean, it's.
2: And I think also from an electoral point of view, uh, you don't even need to convince them. No, you
1: people. don't. That's the other thing, yeah. Well, that you need true. to make your the, own the, base passionate and engaged, and you need to, to the extent possible, inform. Thing it, clarify things to the other folks.
0: The problem with that, and with the the, t- the proposed timeline proposal, uh, is that it relies on facts and and well, things that I've said are or are not true. I said it was a challenge. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think we saw from Mister um, Pruitt today is not a high priority. Paying attention to things like facts—that's
1: true. But there's facts, and then there's facts. I mean, you're referring to the climate change thing, but like someone not being able to get treatment for an illness and dying—that's
0: yeah, a fact. Like, people person.
1: will remember that, that. <laughs> you know. Like that's
0: that's a fact, but they won't they won't remember when it ha- when oh. the change was that that led. To no, but that. I'm saying much like they don't remember. I uh, I Who freed with all the Guantanamo uh, people I, I, I that I are disagree now that. Out attacking us? I, I disagree then, with or, that too. Or the yeah, because yeah, um, you're going to
2: have a lot, like, upwards of maybe 10 million people, Andrew, are going to uh, literally discover overnight that they cannot pay for their health insurance anymore. And Yeah, they're, gonna they're all going to be Democrats, it. though.
1: No, actually, that's absolutely no, that's, not true. The people who will be, be most really impacted inaccurate. by this are people who are Trump voters.
2: Yes, that, that's why you've got people like Rand Paul. Yeah, who's like, Bucky, hey, let's and... slow our
1: roll here, guys.
2: Bill Cassidy in Louisiana, which uh, are are states which have had some of the largest enrollment from Medicaid
1: expansion. I would say stuff like this is among the most um, salient to people. And I think so. I mean, you know, climate change, arguing about the facts of that is very difficult. But something like because for a lot of people, climate change is a But for someone like what month did you lose your health insurance? That's a question that people know the answer to. What you know, and they
2: and they are going to certainly think about your it when they can did your friend die of a treatable
1: illness because they couldn't afford coverage? People, that's a question people know the answer to, with detail, and and I th- I think that's
2: why you're seeing people in Republican states going to town halls and getting exercised about yeah. it because there are a, a, quite a large number of people who are uh, quite thankful for the health insurance that they have and realize that they. Would not have had it before because we added how many millions of people were added to the health insurance rolls under Obama? About 20 million, very large, many, (laughs)
1: yeah, yeah.
2: And those people, a lot, most of them are aware of it,
1: and so Um, I mean, and they
2: don't want to have their health insurance taken. Now, I
1: so you know, not to I I feel like I'm like ganging up on you a little bit, Andrew, and I I, because and basically, I think you're right. There absolutely will be a perfidious attempt to pin any bad thing that happens on Democrats, on Obamacare, on what a disaster it is. But I I just think this context is among the most favorable I can imagine for trying to make fact-based arguments to people. Because in cases like this, the facts are real, lived experiences that are going to be really clear in people's communities
2: It's literally life and death
1: and so questions like when did your friend die are a lot easier to answer than what do you think about carbon dioxide you know like
0: yeah right that's certainly true i I certainly hope you're right and that we learn it as quickly as possible Well, and again
2: the
1: majority of republicans are going to blame democrats no matter what we do i'm just talking about how what the rate we can knock off of that number is
2: i mean it also shows just the unbelievable moral cowardice well, I
1: believe it, but sh- but go on. I mean, well, you know, you, you when you have on
2: Fox News, Tucker Carlson asking Paul Ryan, you know, does do there are there's some really big tax cuts here, you know, do you have any reservations about uh the number of people who are going to lose their health insurance in the process? And Paul Ryan says, "No, he does not." I mean, how can you wake up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror I yeah, mean, you, it, you gotta it, have it, real good
1: it, muscle tone in order to in order to do it.
2: I, yeah, he, I guess he's looking at his abs and not thinking about all the uh, dead people. I mean, what a fucking asshole!
1: <laughs> not to put too fine a point no, but on I it, I think. Um, well, and this gets it's just so, so to sort of put a, put put my two cents out there. I don't think they want to pass this this bill. I think that. They are in a position of having to do something because they've promised they're going to do something and this is something. And I think they want to vote it out of the House and have it go down in the Senate and then have and then be able to continue doing what they like to do, which is blame Obamacare for any bad thing that happens with health insurance anywhere in the country. I think that's the move that they're doing here. Because if they actually pass this, if they pass this, well, I don't think they're going to be able to pass this. I'm afraid they might figure out some way. But there's already more than enough Republicans in the Senate have come out being wary and concerned.
2: Well, as of this very moment, I don't think it would even get out of the House. I mean, they they may whip the votes together. They have great discipline
1: in the House. I bet they can get it out of the House.
2: Well, the Freedom Caucus was a huge pain in John Boehner's ass. And it's probably being a huge pain in Paul Ryan's ass now. And so I, I'm i not saying it's impossible by any means, but getting them on board is not going to be easy.
1: Look, I mean, I'm I not saying I what... envy Paul Ryan his job. I'm just saying that's not even the hard part.
2: Because right. uh, pa- Paul Ryan, who wants to, you know, potentially kill like millions of people, is to the left
1: of the Freedom Caucus. Everybody's to the left of the Freedom Caucus. The Freedom <laughs> Caucus are the guys who, who if, if they could design a health care act, it would be health insurance companies can sell whatever they want with no regulation and people can buy whatever they can afford And if you get sick and you don't have coverage, you should... You didn't work hard enough. You should quietly go die somewhere where you can be buried and cremated easily. That's their plan. Which is basically what we used to have, except then, secretly, anybody could go to a hospital and get treatment and the state would pay for it. So it was like... It was as if someone said, what's the most expensive possible way we could do universal coverage? I'd like to
2: object to (laughs) burial and cremation. You don't do both, I know. Um, Well, you, you don't do both, but also... They're only in favor of that as long as it's paid for by a private That's a good person.
1: Point. Yeah, these are these are libertarians. The government's not going mean, to pay they, for that. They're they're basically monsters who don't have any. Yeah. Idea no potter's fields different. for them. I mean, we. This is how healthcare used to be. Poor people just died.
2: It's a very efficient system.
1: Ugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it achieves. You know, if if you're a complete monster. I, I,
1: It's not an efficient system. I'm not even prepared. Like, I know you weren't even serious, but it's not because people being sick of treatable illnesses is not efficient from any point of view. It's like a punitive system. It's a system that's based on punishing people for being poor because an efficient system is what they do in England where everybody gets kept healthy and it's much more, it's way cheaper than what we do here. Right. I mean, there are arguments to be made that um,
2: in the UK in particular, the system is a little too efficient um, in terms well, of some of the rationing that from, they do.
1: I, the English people I've talked to are not interested in switching healthcare systems with the United States. No, so. no. I mean, no, I, I would no. I would
2: I would switch our system to theirs uh, pretty quickly. But I I have some some issues with it as well. But we can get into that some other time. Um I think another way that we could look at Andrew's point about the uh the fact based reality that the Republicans don't live in is to talk for a moment about this just utterly preposterous um and hateful thing that Trump did over the weekend when he You're gonna need to be more specific. To... Yeah. Well so Trump woke up on Saturday morning and apparently he was he was kinda uh cheesed off that that Jeff Sessions had recused himself without his permission. And so he decided to accuse his predecessor, President Obama, of illegally wiretapping his telephones during the presidential campaign with absolutely no basis in reality.
1: That is what happened.
2: That's what happened. That's, <laughs> that's what he did. Uh, and then to call for a congressional investigation of said event that did not actually
1: well, happen. Well, I mean, let's get the timeline... I, I think it's important to get the timeline clear, because I'm pretty sure calling for a congressional investigation was, like, the face-saving... Oh, it was. Like, I, I don't think... I mean, he never has a plan about anything, because he's a crazy old man, but he... I think he saw this news story from Breitbart. I, let's not call it a news he story. He saw... Well, like... <laughs> He he saw this. Mark, Mark Levin. There were some was words first, that he encountered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a, a man shouted at him through the radio. While he was already in that the that, that Obama world. had tapped his phone to Trump Tower, and so he tweeted about it, and he didn't ask anyone about it, and he didn't do any investigation, and then I think everybody realized that this was a big deal. You know, suddenly, like CNN was, because talk- actually, it's like a major. Accusation of a felony—that's like a really big deal.
2: Well, he was accusing President yeah. Obama of like a, a Watergate. He level said offense. Watergate,
1: so right. that happened.
2: He called him sick. He
1: said bad parentheses or sick end parentheses guy question, question mark. mark Yeah. So um yeah, uh, uh, and and so then I think him and his team decided that what they would they would spin this as was him raising a, raising a point of concern for future investigation. And then they're not going to comment on ongoing well, investigations. I, I,
2: I think that's what his team yeah. came up with. I don't think he's backed off of it at all. He hasn't mentioned uh,
1: it specifically. My, uh,
2: if I had to guess, my guess is that they, uh, they came up with this in return for him stopping tweeting about it. But when asked specifically, all, Every White House spokesperson has straight up said that this is what President Trump still believes. Yeah, I'm sure he does. And and this is is backed up in particular by the fact that he refused to speak to uh, the director of the FBI after the director of the FBI asked the Department of Justice to say that this was not true because it's not true. I mean, remember, he's the president – he has a- access to a lot of information he could literally call up the director of the FBI the director of the CIA the head of the NSA uh you know and any other three letter uh, intelligence organizations you want to think of and just ask them whether or not this happened and they have to tell him he does not need a congressional investigation he all he needs is his telephone and he l- won't even speak to the people who could give him the answer Uh, presumably because uh, somewhere in his brain he realizes what the answer would be. Uh,
1: I disagree. I think the mistake you're making is you're imputing a rational thought process where he thinks to himself, I wonder if this happened. I want to find out if this happened. And then you're saying his mistake was he went to the wrong source of information. But I don't think that's how it happened at all. I think he was angry, and I think he wanted to get attention onto something else, and he wanted to lash out. And he, this information came into his, it came into his mind, and he just did it. And oh, I completely agree with
2: that. I would say that he probably calmed down at a certain point, and I'm sure that his staff told him that he could call these people, and he realized at that point it would not be politically advantageous. Uh, to do I
1: mean, that.
2: calmed down.
1: I'm not. It's I, been 49 it's days. He has <laughs> no ability to. I don't know what on earth is going on within his team.
2: I mean, that's pure speculation.
1: Uh, it's possible he lost interest. It's possible he, you know, I mean, there was well, one I don't story think he has about lost interest. they calmed him down by reminding him how he could, how he was going to build a wall and make changes to immigration, right? Ban Muslims yeah, account. which is that's like very disturbing. You know, this I feel like everything we're talking about right now is in the category of isn't it disturbing that the president is is a crazy person and yes
2: well <laughs> yes, it no is. i mean it, it, i think this story it, it goes beyond that in the sense that uh the american president has always had a lot of clout internationally um in terms of being able to express his opinion about things that are going on in other countries or um and and being being taken in a credible so, yeah, manner. I was
1: gonna say you're talking and, about credibility.
2: Yeah, and and I mean, not that this was first instance, but I mean, it just like such an incredibly blatant um, disregard for the truth. Um, it, it means that that going forward, even if he were to be telling the truth about something, there's almost no way to believe him.
1: I mean. It's devastating in every re- way to our reputation that he's president, for this and hundreds of other reasons. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree with that. Oh, hey, internationally, also, that, we mm, can segue to Russia mm, from that.
2: Yeah, yeah uh, certainly. So, I mean, uh, there weren't any really n- large new developments in the um, in the ongoing saga of uh the trump administration and its ties to russia and russian intelligence i would say the so jeff on. sessions I mean,
1: recusal wasn't that when did that happen
2: um i th- did... did that happen i think that that happened we actually talked about oh, that okay
1: last well week. so never mind don't worry yeah. about the jeff sessions recusal
2: Right. The WikiLeaks, there, there were, WikiLeaks, CIA doesn't fall under. Uh, well, Russia. but we, we, yeah, we can certainly get to that. That's certainly part of this. I mean, there were a few, there were a few things. There, there was uh, the there possibility was... that Jeff Sessions had a third contact with mm-hmm. Russians that he didn't disclose under oath. Um, it came out that Carter Page, when he spoke in Moscow, um, at when he was still a part of the Trump campaign team, did so with the permission of the Trump campaign um and it came out that Trump himself may have met with the Russian ambassador um at a campaign event
1: who apparently has one um, of those men in black things where he can cause people to forget right. that they've met with him
2: and if you've seen a picture of this guy he's a pretty memorable looking guy um so he, he this device has to be pretty strong um and, and also twin t- yeah Turkey. today or yesterday oh yeah it, um Mike Flynn, the former national security advisor, um, who was canned because of his ties to Russia, um, he registered as a foreign agent because he had done lobbying on behalf of the despot president of Turkey during the presidential
1: campaign. Um, So really, we've we've sort of segued into international potpourri more than Russia, which I think is fine. Um.
2: Well, so... uh, as a, um, perhaps not a coincidence, shortly after um, the the media started really digging into this ho- ridiculous claim that Trump made about President Obama, um, WikiLeaks came back for the first time
1: in a while. They've been on Twitter being dicks to people, but... Yeah, this was their first major. This was
2: their first major new document dump related to America in a while.
1: So on the theme and of international uncovered. potpourri, I was thinking, um, we could we want to hit CIA leaks from WikiLeaks. We could do Flynn Turkey, and then I have my whole soapbox I want to do about the Russia thing.
2: Right. Oh, and I forgot this. Reminds me. I forgot to mention that it also came out that um, that Roger Stone, who is a longtime friend of Trump and uh, was officially part of the Trump campaign for a while, and then unofficially, um, had direct contact with Guchefer 2.0, who it was concluded by the American intelligence uh, apparatus was a member of. uh, It was a creation of Russian intelligence and was one of the point entities that disseminated propaganda and the WikiLeaks um, data during the presidential campaign.
1: But so, I mean, who was it that mentioned the CIA thing in the opening? Was that... Which one of you was that? I
0: was Andrew. Was so me.
1: what about it?
0: It's interesting, um, because in in some contexts, we would say things like, like, oh, it's good for the... People to know, you know, this is so, in a way the thing that Wiki, WikiLeaks was was sort of hailed for at the very beginning of being sort of. But set
1: it up like what did they do?
0: Oh, um, so um, WikiLeaks received an enormous dump of <laughs> allegedly. Every time we all... say
1: "enormous dump," <laughs> anyway,
0: um, allegedly all of the um, CIA's hacking capability, um, the ability to. Um, get into people's phones get into people's smart TVs remotely, record them that way Um, all kinds of other um, computer related ways of getting access and uh, whatnot uh, covertly Um, so in many ways this is this would be like the kind of thing WikiLeaks was originally praised for of sort of returning uh privacy to people to the the common people from government from like overreaching government but in another way um the context is very different right now in which this is all allegedly um coming through russian apparatus it's a it's a state attack on our state attack and many of these things while able to be used against us as citizens, we're not currently being used against us as citizens we're being used to protect us so it, it puts us in a funny situation I think.
1: I agree that it's very interesting I, It we could do a whole hour on like the evolution of WikiLeaks I, the, Mike and I had
2: a pretty long conversation before we well, went there on the been,
1: about this uh, there were a large body of people who were never fans of WikiLeaks um yeah, of course. who believe and this is on the left and the right um who thought it was inappropriate for them to be releasing the first thing that i remember them doing was that um video of the uh, of the um missile strike there was some helicopter like a grainy helicopter video they released it it had some name yeah. anyway and i think uh, there was the chelsea manning stuff they did there was the snowden stuff and so all along they've been I think what has changed over time is the believability of their story about what they were doing and who they were. Yeah. Because in the beginning, it was at least theoretically plausible that, that they were, as you were saying, sort of this crusading organization that was devoted to exposing all these secrets and, you know, letting people know what was really being done in their name and so on. Um...
2: Then we learned who Julian
1: Assange is. Well we was. that happened but but there was also the twenty sixteen election where WikiLeaks operated in a leaving aside the question of whether to what extent they worked with Russia, they clearly operated in a partisan capacity to
2: spoiler, they they work for Russia. Well
1: I'm not sure I think it's exactly that simple. I think they function at least one of their functions is as a convenient uh, conduit for Russian intelligence elements to disseminate information. I think they do. Certainly I don't I think th- they're a. F- I, w- I would
2: argue that that is working. No, for right, Russia.
1: but I don't think they're a Russian age. They're not a Russian group. They're just a group that is open to doing stuff for Russia, particularly
0: against the country that's keeping. Well, it and locked against it the does. Democrat.
1: I mean, th- you know, they were part of.
2: We are not the country that keep are keeping Assange locked up. That would largely Sweden. be Sweden. Yeah, that's that's where he raped people
1: allegedly allegedly um but so i just wanted to make sure you know it, it isn't really it's never been simple with wikileaks but the stuff about the cia is one of the biggest concerns is the they don't do diligent they don't make an effort to minim do harm reduction for the information they release
2: they don't redact anything. Well, they used that could to. I mean, this has people. been
1: a change over time. They they if you look at how the Snowden documents were released versus how these CIA documents, there was a huge difference in the level of effort that they went through.
2: Well, but in in that case, you had the documents really being released in concert with established media. But that's
1: organizations. what I'm talking about. That's the difference. Yeah.
2: And it was that those media organizations that were that were redacting, you know, people's right. names. And so on, who could be uh, targeted?
1: I'm not even sure. I remember how much WikiLeaks was involved with the Edward Snowden stuff.
2: They were pretty heavily involved. But in any case, Assange was was his conduit for for getting it out. But yeah, I, I think Andrew makes a good point, um, which is that there is a, there's a large difference between the the Snowden stuff, which was actually about things that were actually happening, um, and this new information about the CIA, which is. Really, just about capabilities that the CIA possesses, and you know, and this is something that Mike and I were talking about earlier. You know, I, I think it's important to distinguish between capabilities and actions, and Absolutely. I, you know, I, 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 that if if you know the CIA or some other elements of the government decided tomorrow, Andrew, that they wanted to assassinate you, they could send a drone to your house and assassinate you. Uh, they could drop a bunker busting bomb on your house they could drop a nuke on your house i mean they could do all sorts of other human intelligence things to really fuck up your life if they wanted to there are all sorts of things that they could do just because they have the capability doesn't mean that they're actually doing it and that is an important distinction
1: don't you all feel saner
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i think in a certain way you should because it, it 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 does it does demonstrate that uh that the government has had tools with which they could really destroy people uh, for a very long time. And for the most part, they haven't used them. Yeah, um, I agree. And and so why, why was WikiLeaks releasing this information right now?
1: Um, the other interesting part of this to me is the response of the Trump administration, which I would say has not been the sort of Full support and defense of the CIA you might expect from a president of the United States
2: no they haven't really commented a whole lot no they've
1: been uh, the one I saw was Sean. I was was gonna say was it silence Sean Spicer was like they should do better information security idiots like it was it was not nice at all it was not positive it was not like you know
0: he knows that Pence's emails got hacked recently, right? <laughs> his information security problem.
1: I'm sure they know that, but they don't care. Um.
2: Well, you know, it's a, I mean the the DNC. You know, we don't know exactly how the DNC was hacked, but we do know how John Podesta was hacked, and that was through a phishing attack when yeah. he gave someone his email. And you know, just like you're uh, far more likely to die in a car accident than you are in uh, on an airplane, yet. People are generally a lot more afraid of flying on an airplane. You're way more likely to be compromised because of phishing or some silly mistake like that than any zero-day exploits that the CIA uh, has. I mean, it, it's not even comparable. So,
1: yeah, I, I mean, it, it sounds like your take is the these WikiLeaks... Releases have made everyone assume that the CIA is listening to them all the time through their television and their smartphone, and you're saying that's not really very likely. And people, well,
2: I don't think it's know. very likely. And but the main point is that that certainly is not what this information actually. No, said.
1: and plus the people who listen to all your phone calls are the NSA, not the CIA.
2: Well, I I, I do think that it is novel information that the cia is sort of running kind of like a mini nsa which is not nearly as good at it as the nsa i'm still pretty
1: sure that if the cia is interested in you and wants to find stuff out what's going to happen is uh, an attractive man or woman is going to approach you out of out of the blue and you're going to find them very interested in getting to know you better that's more the cia way well right well, which or also, you know you'll get a job sug- offer or you'll get a grant you know they do human well, all stuff. Of these are
2: suggestions that there are there are easier ways for the government to get access to you and your information if they want than uh through these techniques. for example,
1: they could get a warrant to search I mean if the government wants to find stuff out, they have all kinds of ways so yeah i, I think um including legal I, ones. So I want to, can we continue with international popery part sure. two, Flynn and Turkey?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I think it's a fairly simple situation. It's that Mike Flynn was working as an agent of a foreign government lobbying on their behalf um, within the United States while he was an official part of a presidential campaign. And so the question is, did the uh, president know about it? Did his campaign know about it? Um, and if so were they okay with it particularly considering that the person that he was lobbying on behalf of is a particularly odious dictator
0: the story to me from all of this is that every part of the campaign of the of the administration is for sale whether it's foreign or domestic you know it's i don't really buy the like putin puppet theory anymore i feel like Putin has made enough sort of aggressive moves to put me off of that theory, um, but but it, it feels like you know Trump is getting his uh, trademarks approved in China at record speed. He's getting uh, he's being lobbied on behalf of the Turkish government. He's um, installing his cabinet members who donate the most money. It's it's all it's like so cut and dry. Well, he's he's like. definitely running
2: or attempting to run a kleptocracy are
1: you saying that all the accusations against the clinton foundation that it would be pay to play might not have been in totally good faith during the campaign
2: <laughs> and, and in fact might apply
1: more <laughs> towards the Trump incidentally flynn got paid at least five hundred and thirty thousand right, dollars flynn so, used to accuse well, hillary clinton of pay to play literally, while being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars by Turkey in an undisclosed... How do you think he knew? Uh, I mean, the whole thing is... is it's like any hip, hypocrisy opportunity will be fully realized. Well, and it just adds more smoke to the
2: fire, of, or to potential fire. You know, Why do so many senior members of the Trump campaign have ties to Russia and... Its allies, and what is the most innocent possible explanation for that? Well, that's
1: a perfect segue to what I want to do. Uh, which, um, I read this piece by Masha Gessen in the New York Review of Books of, about um the Russia thing, called the conspiracy trap, and and it really it really changed my mind a lot about all the all you know. You mentioned the smoke and the question of you know where if there's so much smoke, shouldn't there be a fire? And I think her point was that there are or my attempt to summarize her point everyone should go read the piece is that it's a good piece there good. there are the facts of what happened and those are being investigated you know to what extent if any there was a there was collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian intelligence services who hacked the dnc and released that information and then interfered in other ways potentially um that's all a situation that is being investigated. But then there's, well, I mean, at the moment uh, it seems that it is and and that, which is appropriate, but, but whether to what, you know, there's this whole other way in which the Russia thing exists, which, which is as a media phenomenon and as an organizing um, principle or, or or sort of rallying cry for, liberals and Democrats and other people who are troubled by the Donald Trump thing. And I think her point is that in that second way that it's functioning, it's it, people should not be doing what they're doing. And, um, you know, the Russia idea allows us to think of Donald Trump as something that didn't actually happen. That's not real, you know, that, um, that there was an interference. And if we can just figure out this one piece of information,
2: That he was only elected because of the Russian. And so it functions
1: as a way to sort of ignore a lot of other problems such as that he won the election and a whole huge number of people voted for him and enthusiastically. enthusiastically. And so, and then in the media world, the Russia story is very, uh, simple in, in its outline and it's it's driving a, a huge amount of news coverage, a huge amount of investigative effort. And um, her point there is, to the extent that there's a sort of, you know, there's 24 hours in the day, there's limited investigatory resources at these media organizations. It's not necessarily the best use of anyone's time to cover this, as opposed to a whole bunch of other things that Trump is doing. You know, as we've talked about over the weeks, there's... The travel ban and this health care law Which, and and we haven't even discussed at all today the new, Yeah, the new the travel, travel ban, ban absolutely and the and the way he's treating immigrants and what ICE is doing and how we're increasing the plans for private prisons. You know, there's a a large array of domestic and international policy decisions that Trump is undertaking and that aren't being covered in favor of this Russia story. And I think The fear that I got from Masha Gessen's piece is that whatever happens, it's unlikely that this Russia story will, you know, break wide open and cause Trump to be impeached. And even if it did, we would still have all of the, you know, senators and representatives, and we'd have Mike Pence, and we'd still have a whole set of problems that would be that we'd be starting from scratch and organizing. you know you you create a situation where the russia investigation is not a, a evergreen organizing principle it's one set of things that happened in time and it's worth investigating at, them at, at some point the, that
2: investigations yeah, going to
1: end right and and so so i really took away from that that i think it would be a better use of my time to focus on ongoing policy concerns rather than the Russia thing because you know the truth it's I felt like I was being made to face the truth that Trump won the election that happened and I think it is true that the Russia thing is functioning as sort of a a lifeline to like a different reality you know people are like oh if only Russia hadn't messed with it everything would be different and you know but like it's not it's not like there's no scenario where Trump's not going to be president. He won the election,
2: right? And I think it is an open question about what impact Russian interference had on the election, and that's actually a point that Masha Gesson brings up in the piece that it's it's difficult, if not impossible, to quantify yeah. the,
0: well, the but impact. It, but it seems like it seems like a big case of, you know, we could we could focus on the the negative it, it, in in many ways it reminds me of the republicans on obamacare it's like a purely negative talking mm-hmm. point that at some point will be faced with actually having to create positive legislation on whereas if they instead had been like obamacare is not our favorite here is a strong set of policies that we i'm, that we I'm prefer. not sure what you mean specifically andrew well so what i mean in this case is let's say like we're we're focusing on russia as a as a negative um a negative campaign and organizing principle. But but let's say we say, this Russia thing, let's say it happened or didn't happen, but corruption is bad, so let's try to create a set of things to rally around against corruption. Or let's try to create a set of things to make sure that our elections are are as good as we can make yeah, them I... you know, it, it to, to to refocus on a, a positive organizing principle.
1: I yeah, I see the connection you're talking. Yeah, I see like in both cases you you end you end up sort of you put yourself down a dead end when you say like there's this one bad thing and once we get rid of it everything will be fine.
0: Right, right. I yeah. mean the the, and it, it, the analogy's not like perfect, no, but I, I mean perfect I see the relationship. The legis it's not like we would have to like legislate a Russia thing, but well, I, I would say that the uh, the other problem with that analogy, and
2: I, I I totally get where you're coming from, and I think there's a lot to what you're saying, but the the problem with that analogy is that what the Republicans were saying about Obamacare was not true, um, <laughs> and uh, it seems exceedingly likely that the republic that the Russians did attempt to interfere in our election. Sure, there, there, there's an, there's an open question still. About whether or not the Trump campaign was directly colluding with them, and I, you know, I, I read Masha Gessen's piece as well, and I thought it was excellent. I think everyone should read it. And I thought Masha Gessen made a lot of outstanding points. Uh, one aspect of the story that um, which I I do think is important is that uh, she she accused the media and the left of um, of xenophobia as as part of um, as part of this focus on Russia. And, and, and that, that was something that I, I took issue with. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that focusing on a foreign country actively interfering in our elections is necessarily xenophobic. Um, I, I think, I would like to think anyway that, um, that I would have the same reaction to any country Doing that, and I don't think it has anything to do with Russia. And I think that it's also clear that Vladimir Putin and his, you know, gang of organized criminals who run Russia do not in any way represent the totality of Russia and its people. Um, so it's possible to criticize Russian involvement without uh, painting such a broad brush as to uh, uh, be xenophobic about it. I, I, I I'm of uh I'm of more to more two minds about this issue I I think that um I, I, I don't see why it has to be mutually exclusive to pay a large focus on what would undoubtedly be the largest political and uh criminal scandal In the history of american presidential politics and these other incredibly important issues um i think that we ought to be able to have the bandwidth and the energy and the passion to face both sets of problems at the same time and i i don't think i am not in favor of minimizing uh what happens with the russians um and uh, in particular, if it can be demonstrated that the Trump campaign was colluding with them, um, I, I, I think it's I think it's very important. While it it does not detract from that there are issues which are essentially more serious um, that we need to be paying an equal amount of uh, attention and energy to.
1: Well, in the podcast, as in life, it's a matter of what we're going to spend time doing. And on that note, thank you for listening to Sanity
2: Check. Make sure to join us next week. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe at, at iTunes, at the Google Play Store, or at our website, sanitycheckpod.com. And in the meantime, keep resisting and persisting.